Ladies and gentlemen, it's me. Hi, it's Jake. Yeah, it's time. This is the uh, Jake. This is Jake Johansson podcast. I'm, the, I'm that guy, and you're you, and it's happening to both of us again this week. It's episode 118. I'm counting them because uh, that's part of a thing that I do. Counting. I don't think it's a problem. I'm not washing my hands all the time. Just in case you're curious, I do wash my hands. Well, it's a good idea to wash your hands because uh, we're fighting Ebola. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not forget that. But let's not get on to that just yet because this this week's episode is starting, but it's sponsored by me. And so what does that mean? That means I need you to help me out. Come and see me. Come, Let's be together. You know you like me. I know I like you. I don't know what's keeping us apart. Why, why hasn't this happened sooner? Maybe it already has. Of course, I remember you. Yes. Well, when's the next time we can be together? This week, October 17th, I'm going to be in Macomb, Illinois. I've never been there before. So this is a chance to meet some new people. It's Dad's Weekend at Western Illinois University. I'm in the grand ballroom, not the kind of cheesy tiny ballroom, the big one. Um, what else? Oh, I'm supposed to turn on music for this one. That's nice. Then November 6th through 8th, I'm going to be in Denver, Colorado at the Comedy Works. Then November 13th through 15th, I'm going to be at the Comedy Works in Albany, New York. No relation uh, to the other Comedy Works. December 4th and 5th, I'm going to be at Zany's in Chicago. December 6th, I'm going to be at Zany's in Rosemont, out by the airport. Oh, O'Hare Airport. What a place. What a night that's going to be. And then I'm going to be in Boston, December 18th through 20th at Laughs Boston or Laugh Boston. I think there's only one of both of those, so come on out. That would be great, and I'll see you there. You can check out all of that stuff at uh, jakethis.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at jakethis, and I'm also on Facebook. My like page just went up because I was able to transfer the likes from my other me page, the personal me page. So if you if you got caught up in that thing where you weren't the other thing, but now you're the new thing, don't worry. It happened to a lot of people, and it's uh, and it's only me trying to make the world better. <clears throat> for all of us, really. So, yeah, wash your hands. Don't forget to wash your hands because we're fighting Ebola. Now, I, 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 I meant to look up now people who, of course, we, just, we covered the Ebola last week. And I do know that now there's a second person here. The first person with Ebola in the United States passed away and that was uh, that was it seems like you get Ebola by trying to help people who've got Ebola and uh, that's that's what's a little bit scary about the whole thing is because we want to be people who help people but uh, that can get you in trouble where Ebola is concerned so if you uh, I, I'm going to suggest you wash your hands and do not handle anyone's bodily fluids until I speak to you the next time but if you have to Please wash your hands. Now, my guest this week is going to be my wife, who's only sitting a couple of feet away from me, listening to me um, meander on about this. But I, I was hoping that she could do the show. But she's doing some internet work over there. What are you What are you doing on the internet, honey? Well, I'm trying to take care of a mistake that I made. So take care of a mistake that you made on the internet. Yeah. Mm, I think a lot of people can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it porn related? It's never porn related with me. Oh, no, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's never. It, it's sometimes porn related with you, Jerry. Is that right? How, how did that happen? That sounds like a good story. Well, do you remember the time? When Are you I, ready to come over and be on the show? Well, no, not quite. But do you remember the time when I, um, it said 
Belinda Weymouth nude photos, and I accidentally clicked on it. You know, you accidentally on purpose because well, you wanted well, to know if there yeah, were nude photos. Know, but of course, it's not really nude photos. They just say that to get you to click on it. And then remember, all this stuff started happening on my computer, and I had to yeah. call help, help. Yeah, it was furious. I, I love that uh, you were clicking to see nude photos of yourself on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> well, look, anyone would do it. Cause no, I would not do that. Nude photos of oh, that. my God. I would not click to see nude photos of myself on the internet. I can look go look at myself in the mirror if I want to. Yeah. But I don't. I don't. I mean, I do. I do. I admit it, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, that was a lie, and it was so easily caught out. Of course I've looked at myself naked in the mirror. And I think we all have, but I don't spend more than a half hour a day doing that. I mean, <laughs> how close of a look do you really need to take? And I never check out. I don't really look. I focus mostly on the front because you need two mirrors to see your back, you know, really, unless you, you know, crane your neck around. And then anyway, we don't need to get into that too deeply. I'm, I'm tempted to Google nude photos of myself while I'm waiting for my wife to come come around here. I've I've Googled latest developments in Ebola outbreak. Let's take a look at that. 14 hours ago. Um, I'm not in the greatest spot for an internet connection, even though I'm speaking to you on the internet, but the machine that I'm talking to you on is not connected to the internet. This other machine that I'm talking to you about is connected to the internet. How about that? It's a nice little lesson in prepositions today about beyond um, to from. Okay. Uh, Nancy Snyder, a medical correspondent, apologizes for violating the quarantine. Oh, my God. The husband of a Spanish nurse strikes strikes out. I don't think she was... Lashes out. I don't think she was playing baseball. Mm -hmm. And a uh, United Nations wor worker in uh, Germany dies. Boy, yeah, this uh, Ebola. Oh, my goodness. Um we don't want, uh, oh, now, what about that? I didn't ask for Geico to be sponsoring my podcast, but now you can't even go on CNN.com. There's your plug, CNN. You're not a sponsor of the podcast. I can't even go on CNN.com before they start showing me ads for insurance. I have insurance. I, I'm washing my hands, and I have insurance. I'm, I'm not messing around, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm taking care of business and, and trying to live my life in a safe way in a safe way. That's not my mission statement. I don't know. Do, you, do do we all need to have a mission statement? Hey, honey, do you have a mission statement? Somewhere. You do. Oh, she does. She I has a mission. I did write some stuff down on a piece of paper because I heard if you write it down on a piece of paper, it's far more likely to happen and I'm going to earn 10 times the amount of the other people who I graduated college with if I've got it written down on a piece of paper and I read it every day. Well, first of all, I told Is you that, that but second of all, those yeah, are... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did st steal that idea from you. Yeah. But, but uh, second of all, those are goals. Not uh, mission state mission statements. Mission statement is is slightly different. It's more of a lofty thing about, you know, I'm going to go out and do good in the world and try and improve the lives of I don't know what a mission well, statement I is. I'm living my mission statement a little bit. I mean, are you? Well, yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm on the emails right now because I've written a story about dams and I've already submitted it to the Huffington Post and then, I've, and then I got sent a photo yesterday that really makes my point beautifully and now I'm trying to say, hey, sorry to be such a nuisance, nice editors, will you let me change my photo? And they're just ignoring me. Yeah, that's the that's the business you're trying to take care of on the internet. I'd love to talk to you about your story about dams as soon as I'm you finish. Over, but your over. mission statement does not include helping me out. It includes, you're, you're, you're in it for yourself and the internet. Oh, 
So what else have I heard today besides Ebola? I would love to. The Texas hospital says it's deeply sorry. What are they sorry about? They're sorry about their Ebola mistakes. My video will begin shortly. You cannot do anything on CNN without having to watch a video. Now, I don't need to watch videos on the Internet all the time. Oh, they're contacting all the passengers who flew with the patient. Texas doctor apologizes for what he calls mistakes and how the hospital handled the... Well, I would say it's a mistake. You let the guy go home. But, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How can we quarantine everybody? That's what they say is going to happen. We're going to start having to quarantine everybody. And then we're going to have to quarantine the people who took care of them while they were in the quarantine. Because you've got to take care of people. You can't. Thomas Eric Duncan, yeah. <sighs> poor Thomas Eric Duncan. And then and now this poor woman who was helping him is now is now sick and she may have violated some protocol but jesus you look at the stuff that they have to wear these plastic bag suits with goggles and breathing apparatus i mean how let's say you've got ebola and someone that's who's taking care of you you can't feel you cannot feel good about your chances and i and i think that's probably actually accurate because um because your chances are not so um are not so great it's only a 70 percent mortality rate um, and my wife is making some kind of uh, weird noise on the other side of the room with something. I'm not sure what that is, but uh, I can hear it. I don't know if you can hear it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <sighs> my point is, if you're being taken care of, let's, let's say you're sick. Let's say you're a little kid. You're sick and you're home from school and your mom comes in with your peanut butter toast while you're watching game shows on TV, I guess it, this is a throwback because who's watching game shows? Little kids now are watching things on their tablet computer, cartoons or something on the on the internet or Netflix or Amazon Prime or let's not. I mean, that's maybe our socioeconomic class, people who are listening to things that uh, we pay for or download onto our devices on the internet. But I think if you're sick now, you're not watching game shows. But let's say you are. Let's just say, for argument's sake, you're sick at home and you're watching game shows on the couch and your mom's bringing in your peanut butter toast, which is what you want when you're sick because it makes you feel good. I mean, that's what I want. A lot of mornings, peanut butter toast is delicious. And that's just my opinion. Um, but uh, she's wearing a big yellow plastic suit, one of those breathers like she's about to go under the house and do some asbestos removal. And then she hands you your toast and tells you that she loves you. And you inside yourself, you're too young to really understand, but you find it hard to believe that she really does love you because she's in that plastic suit. That does not, that does not say love when you, when you do a loving thing, but you're wearing a big plastic suit. That does not say love, or traditionally it doesn't say love. But you know what? You've got to love yourself. That's where it starts. And if you don't love yourself, you're going to have a hard time loving other people. And so you have to think about your own survival and put on the plastic suit so that you can survive to be, to be able to take care of others. If you're, if you're a mom taking care of a child with a bolo, bringing them their peanut butter toast, and you're not wearing a plastic suit, then you're putting yourself at risk. And then if you get sick, who's going to take care of you? Not your kid. They're already sick. Don't not your husband. Don't forget your goggles. Yeah. You, you don't, have to wear goggles. Do, do not forget your goggles. You do have to wear goggles. You're right about yeah, that. Yeah, goggles Look at this are very outfit. important. So imagine our daughter is home from, home from school sick. And then you're bringing her her snack in that little rubber suit <laughs> yeah, with but, the goggles. Yeah, but if she was home that sick, she wouldn't be here, Jerry. She'd be in the hospital. Yeah, she would. That's not the kind of home care. Well, these, Whose these mission are, statement is that? This isn't a mission statement. I just these are some notes of things that that we could talk about. But 
<laughs> wow, wow, there are a lot of them. Well, they're not all for today's show, but the, <laughs> the mission statement was one that I didn't have typed into there. Yeah. Um, crocodiles can climb trees. Did you know that? That's not just in. That's been out for a while, but crocodiles are now climbing trees. which is They're little, evolving. Yeah, they're evolving because they want to eat apples. <laughs> that's what they've been looking at those apples for millennia. And they finally said, you know, if we're going to eat those apples, we can't just lie here and wait for them to fall out of the tree. It's like the cane toad. They've evolved to jump straighter and further than they did before so they can, they can invade more of Australia faster. Yeah, that's what they're up to. They're evolving. Are cane we evolving? Are, well, put it in your mission statement. Let's evolve. What do you want to be able to do? You want to be able to run faster? You can already climb trees. Um, yeah, what's my evolving thing? I'll get back to you on that. I've got to really think about it because I know you can't be greedy. You know, you with can't evolving. be greedy. You're evolving. Well, <laughs> it happens so slowly. It really happens over <laughs> generations, you know, one tiny gene mutation at a time. And you're probably, realistically, you're not going to evolve. I'm not going to evolve. It's going to be, in it's too late for Fanula. It's going to be, have to be her you but, know, but children. You, but you'll be able to, you'll be able to strive to improve yourself. That's really what the mission statement is about. So you're not going to evolve to become faster. You're going to... You're going to train to become faster. You're going to start jogging. You're going to train for that Ironman competition where you... No, I'm not. ...run a marathon. I You're not? I hate running. I hate running. Ugh. You used to love running when you were younger, didn't you? Yeah. But now... Well, anyone who lived in Hamilton, you would have to run 10 miles a day just to cope with it. You needed the endorphins that you got from running to cope with it. Apparently, it has similar... Um, I remember reading this when I lived in Hamilton. Hamilton, Hamilton City, New Zealand. City in New Zealand, where I was a radio journalist when I was about 20 years old. And it has, it ha it's a city around a river and it has these very intense, they call them black fogs. And the fog comes in overnight and stays all day, sort of lifts at two o'clock in the afternoon for about 20 minutes and then boom, comes back down again. And it's so hard living there and you feel so depressed. And apparently it has the same suicide rates as uh, some city in America where they have the highest suicide rates. Or, ma or maybe... <laughs> well, that's great. Which I think it? was Detroit at the time. Or no, maybe maybe it's um, not suicide. Maybe it's homicidal or violence. Because when, being a you know radio reporter, you get sent all kinds of places. You know, the court, you have to cover murder trials. You know, the eight-year-old boy murdered the five-year-old girl next door. Which oh, was, my God. Yeah, that was, that was pretty grim. But I used to have to go down. If you were you know, the early reporter, you'd have to go down and get the police report every morning. And it was very intense to go down and How big get... of a town is this, Hamilton, where you're having... It's a city. Yeah, you know. no, okay, it's well, a what's city. city in New I don't Zealand? understand. You know, more, yeah. than, more than five people? No, it had, you know, 20... I mean, it would be at least now over 100,000 people live in Hamilton, I would imagine. I can't remember what it was when I lived there. We could look it up on the internet yeah, right I'll, now while we're talking. You keep talking. You yeah. keep talking. I'll look so I'd up. go down there and the police would tell you about, you know, some waitress who got, was taking out the garbage the night before and got dragged down the bank and raped by some guy. And, and it was very hard for me as a journalist, as a young woman journalist, not to have a, an emotional response to the stuff. I mean, I was only 20. And I remember my, the, you know, the newsroom editor saying to me, if you're going to be like this, how can I send you down to the police station? It's like, well, bloody well, don't send me down to the police station because it's messing with my head hearing about how horrible this place is that I'm living. And then we've got these horrible black fogs that come in every day and I'm so depressed I have to run 10 miles a day. And because I have to run 10 miles a day, now my knees are giving out and I'm only 20 years old, but I've used up all the cartilage just coping with the... 
You've used pressure. up all your knee cartilage yeah, coping my, with your own depression. Yeah, well, I went out one day to run, and my knees were like, ah, oh, no, that's it, sorry, game's over, we can't do this anymore. And I was like, what? You know, so... Th- and so what age were you when you finished your running career? 20. Wow. Maybe 21. Maybe, maybe 21. <laughs> Giving yeah. yourself a break. Oh, there's a, there's a lovely little picture of Hamilton. Yeah, look at it. New Zealand, there's a river running through it. They've caught it on a sunny day. It's a population, 2011 population of 145,700 people. Roughly. What year was that? Oh, that was 2011. Yeah, yeah. See, I told you it would be over 100,000. So maybe when I lived there, it was 80,000 or something. But that's yeah. a city in New Zealand. It's not a town. Yeah, maybe well, I don't really the make these distinctions between there. cities and towns. But yeah. I do understand that others do. Let's look up. I'm going to look up the population of the town where I'm going to be going this uh, weekend. But uh, okay. how long did you live in Hamilton? Too bloody long. Well over a year. Um, they told me that if I went and lived in Hamilton, you know, that I could soon be back in Auckland where I wanted to be because all my friends were there. And Hamilton's about an hour and a half down the road from Auckland. I had roommates who used to hitchhike up to Auckland to buy the milk, you know, for fun because they were unemployed. <laughs> hitchhike up to Auckland to yeah, buy yeah, the when, milk? Yeah, when they weren't playing Dungeons and Dragons, they'd, you know, they'd hitchhike up to Auckland for the afternoon to buy the milk on Ponsonby Road, say hello to one person who they know and then come home again. They were also part of the McGillicuddy um, political party. They had a McGillicuddy who was going to, who was running for mayor, and we were all going to have to go back to feudal times and wear robes. And if you came, <laughs> that map that you showed before of Hamilton, uh-huh. if you came into that, you'd have to pay, you know, a tithe or a tax or something to come in, and you'd have to wear weird robes, and you could only walk across it. We were all going to be walking again. It was going to be carts and dogs and ponies and oh man i'm yeah. so bummed out if they had passed that that town would now be a tourist attraction oh it'd be it'd better be... than hobbitland i mean yeah. that people would be more into it than the lord of the rings because it would be an actual sort of working feudal these mcgillicuddies were pretty great i mean i'd go to work and i'd come home and they would have painted the loo purple you know i mean and then i'd come that's up, the came toilet up. And yeah, the toilet, not, yeah. You're talking yeah. about the toilet in your apartment. Yeah, the... yeah, yeah. And the house that we lived in. And then I'd come home another day and they would have painted the hallway black because they decided that, you know, sort of grey, dirty white wasn't, you know, cutting it anymore. And we lived in a really depressing town, so let's have so to paint, paint the hallway, the hallway black. black. Yeah. So and then they'd go back a... to Dungeons and Dragons because they played that incessantly outside on the grass having a picnic when they weren't making daisy chains. On the cloudy days, daisy the, chains out of daisies. Out of daisies, yeah, yeah, those kind of daisy not chains, like not the sex. naughty daisy yeah, chains. No. <laughs> they weren't doing the naughty daisy chains, but they were. You actually... come home and they made a little formation on the yard. Of but they were lovely roommates because they were all vegetarian and they cooked really good food, and it was hilarious because I was the only one in the flat who we call our apartments flats. You know, it was a house, a flat. I was the only one who had a job, so I'd go off to my you know horrible job to find out who'd been raped in Hamilton that day, or if someone had been murdered, or if a five-year-old had been you know stabbed by the eight-year-old boy next door mm-hmm. and, and then, then i and then i come home to my sweet you know and you know <laughs> they'd make you a nice aromatic vegetarian dinner yeah and yeah so i was going off to work you know doodle bib you know and i'm like doodle bib to you too little mcgillicuddies see you later their name wasn't mcgillicuddies that was just no i'm just calling the group the group of them were mcgillicuddies i had three mcgillicuddies i was flatting with three of them uh-huh yeah my flatmates but the mcgillicuddies were larger than just those three that you lived with no, the head McGillicuddy, the one who was running for mayor, he'd come around every, every, you know, every now and then so we'd get to hear the latest in his political campaign. And what was the age of that guy? <laughs> Probably 24. So everybody was, everybody yeah. was super We were young. looking up to a 24-year-old. Well, that's the funny thing when you're in your 20s and you think you're changing the world. You don't realize, look, the world is being operated by people who are older than us and, and we are just a joke to them. 
when you're in the, when you're in your 20s and then when you finally get in your 30s you can kind of take some control from them oh not not to put down people in their 20s who are listening look if you can make this happen people in your 20s who are listening to this show as soon as you're done with your workout as soon as you get off the treadmill that you're running on right now um and get down to business if you can make this happen where there's a town where we can all go we have to wear robes and pretend that we're in medieval times like uh, yonderland that we're that we're watching on television i mean i'd like to go to the real town where the, this utopian society where we all wear robes and just have silly conversations yeah yeah that would be great that would be great well the thing also that was nice about living you know growing up in a smaller country is that anyone you know who wants to sort of gonna you know run their campaign to become mayor i mean a friend of mine's brother was you know going to be the mickey mouse he was the mickey mouse contender for the new zealand prime minister one year you know, what Mickey, does that Mouse, mean, and Mickey the Mouse contender. Well, he had a party called Mickey Mouse and the Cheer Up Party because you know politics was so mm. depressing, and you know he was you know seriously running to be the Prime Minister of New Zealand. I here, mean, you know, pseudo seriously. Here in America, if you were running in the Mickey Mouse party, can't the first thing that would happen is if you got enough attention, you get sued by Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, exactly. Well, we we don't live in Disneyland; it's New Zealand, and of course, it was a bit of a joke. But it was, you know, it was. It wasn't, it was a, it was a you know, a, a, this is how terrible politics is that I have to start this. I mean, he wasn't as serious as, you know, Ralph Nader has been. Ralph, Ralph Nader was the real deal. Now that all picks up, those those things are amplified, those little clicks. Yeah, no, I realise that, so I put the rock were... down. Sorry if that was a loud, you know, boom, it was a pretty rock. We have a lot of rocks, we collect rocks. You're supposed to leave them in their ecosystems, but we're very naughty and we take Well, I just, I can't really buy into the idea that I'm going to destroy the planet by bringing home a souvenir rock or a bit of detritus from another part of the world. I mean, maybe that is the case and just one person, me, is going to wreck well, if everything. You, if you times that. one of you by the millions of people who go there who take the rocks. Well, yeah, I don't know about that. They I do think... give us an, an ordinate amount of pleasure, though, once we get them home, don't they? We love them. We our love souvenir our rocks. rocks that yeah, we bring oh home? God, yes, yeah. so we get a lot of joy out of them. Yeah, you, our 10-year-old daughter, they're like gold, practically. But we stack them, we have them around the place, we decorate. Our shower has got rocks mm -hmm. and shells and shit from all over. <laughs> not shit. We're not bringing I home know. shit. They know what I mean, don't you, listeners? Oh, Jake's was... so literal. Naughty Jake. <laughs> it's part of my... <laughs> Uh, we have a healthy relationship, don't we? Um, speaking of shit, I was reading about composting toilets on the uh, internet yesterday. Oh, I can't wait till we have one right outside this window. Is that where it's going to be? Well, it turns out that you want to have them vent up above the roof line because they can be a bit... Really? A bit I can't believe it that a toilet, <laughs> a self-composting toilet could be whiffy. Oh, well, we're going to have to have it on the deck, that means. Oh, that's going to be nice. Well, I thought we'd put it right up on the roof so you could go up, <laughs> go up on the roof into a little box that had a window so that just you, your head looks out the window, but the rest of you is concealed. And, uh, and you, Yeah, we can't have a three-sided one with the whole front open, just sort of looking out at the vista because you're sort of looking down on four blocks still before you get to the beach so those people could all look at you in your poo shack. <laughs> Isn't that a uh, <laughs> with the Pooh Shack baby? Who who's that? That song. Love Shack. That's the, that. The, that's that the band. B52s. Yeah, who I was telling you the other day that I never really yeah. liked that much. I mean, you went to see them. I did go and see them. You the B52s. Go to see them. Yeah, for the novelty aspect of it. But I remember going and listen, you know we were listening to their music in the car on the way there and thinking they're really ridiculous. I mean, they're silly, but they're a good time. Rock oh, lobster. it was a good, yeah, yeah, rock lobster. Yeah, I mean, what? A, I mean, every time rock lobster, everyone sings, and I'm like, oh god, I hate this song. But yeah, it's rock lobster. I'll dance, rock lobster. Mm -hmm. What's sure. not to, yeah, like? So 
The You're going to Macomb? I think it's Macomb, M-A-C-O-M-B. That's where I'm going this week. <laughs> I'm going to call it Macomb. You can if you How's want Macomb to. How's Macomb going? How's it going yeah. in Macomb? It's population 19,265, but that's before the university students show up. But uh, yeah, it's not a big It's not a big place. It should be, I think it'll be a good time, but uh, we'll see. I don't know what there's going to be to do during the daytime. Look at that's their little town hall courthouse. It's a, it's. A, it's the county seat of McDonough County. McDonough County. Yeah, situated in western Illinois. I like the McDonough brothers. Southwest of Galesburg. That's when your city has Not to be described in terms of where it is in relation to another city that I've never heard of, then you're then it's tricky. I mean, I'm not making fun of Macomb because I'm going there and I can't wait to see you person who's listening right now is going to come out to that show and believe me what are we going to do after start thinking about that because that's my first thing that i'm going to ask you w- when you say you heard me on this podcast is what are we doing f-i-t what do you t-f-i-t where the fuck is it you're making up little internet abbreviations t-f-i-t w-t-f-i-t that's a good hashtag w-t-f-i-t where the fuck is it yeah that's that's mine don't anybody steal that (laughs) no that's what you got this all wrong oh you're supposed to share it with everybody when you the way that you start a trend is you want everybody to do it if you're the only person doing it then then it's w then it's a weird eccentricity what what the fuck are you talking about yeah because they don't know but w-t-f-i-t where the fuck is it yeah Okay, everybody. W- uh, okay, hopefully, hopefully, but it'll it be would a man. technically be W. W T F I I is it? Those both start with I. Oh, oh, I, I, I went to just the end letter, yeah. the T, because I'm slightly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're not even allowed to say that, are you? Slightly. Yeah. What were you gonna say? I know what you were gonna say. Don't say it. I can say it. This is a politically correct podcast. I'm allowed to say just slightly retarded. Oof. Okay, we're going to get letters. Well, we're not letters because no one... I was going to say more. I was going to use the M word, not the R word. You but... still like me moronic? Yeah. I mean, that's not that moronic to, you know... It's more dyslexic. No, it was just a simple accident. And, and it sounded better to say W-T-F-I-T than W-T-F-I-I. Yeah, I-I. I-I. I-I-I-I! Delilah. That's a song. I-I-I-I-I. Talking heads. Oh, really? Yeah, but that's the middle of a song about another thing, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's not the title. Not the title. I, I never know the title of the songs. I just yeah, know some okay. lyrics that are in it. Right. That's how I operate. Well, good. I'm so I'm glad. I you love the a, Talking Heads. I'm they, glad. they is you know. They, did you ever, is a Did you go see the Talking Heads? Oh, yeah, I've seen the Talking Heads. Oh, I'd love to go. I'd love to have gone to see them because I don't. I don't think you can go to see them anymore. No, you can just see the the heads, as they want to be called, without the talking part, but there's such a... David know, Byrne isn't in it anymore. Is that right? Yeah, he's had, has his own thing, and he's here, you know, he still comes around. We should go see him. You know, it'll really? be like the Kronos Quartet. You love that with Yeah, I think I may have had it with David Byrne. I think he's, he's already, he's done his best, he's done his things that are my favorite of what he's done already. But do you know anything that he's done recently? No. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> no, Sorry, and I Jerry. don't need to. I hate to bust Listen, you in front of your listeners. I mean, I, I know, can't, you know. well, that's okay. They're, they're well, they're familiar that I'm coming from a very tiny place in a small box in a small hole. Inside your I head. my opinions. I do have an internet connection, but it's quite slow and mostly I'm Googling uh, places that I'm going to go when I leave the hole. They did tell us that we were going to have high-speed internet connection once we, you know, fios it up, but that's a load of bollocks. Yeah, they're liars. The Fios are liars. Don't fall for it. No, sorry. But, so, tell me, talk to me about your damn project. 
Talk to me about your damn project. My damn, my damn project. Well, I'm writing a story. Dams are bad. This was news to me, that dams are bad, because I thought dams were good because they were generating hydroelectric power and they were making the rivers navigable and all whatnot, but there are some unintended consequences of dams and also um, the life cycle. Dams have a life. They don't last forever. It's not like you set it and forget it. A dam, you put it in and it starts immediately. As soon as you put it in, it starts filling up on the backside with the sediment. Yeah, yeah, and some faster than others. And big dams are supposed to last 90 years, um, have a 90-year lifespan before they're half full of sediment. But I'm writing a story about a dam in um, Malibu, which was done less than 30 years. We have really, really heavy sediment loads in the water in California because it's so tectonically busy and our coastline is so I steep. Think- I think we have a lot of earthquakes. It's earthquakey here. It's earthquakey. That's what you mean. Just to, uh, <laughs> not to dumb it down. Yeah, not to dumb me down. Don't dumb me down, Jerry. Okay, so we have a lot Don't of... Don't bring me down. Who sang that? I think that's the uh, Beatles. <laughs> oh, that's right. I knew that it was super familiar. I love yeah. them. <laughs> Don't dumb me down. Okay. Okay, so... So, California is geologically young, mm-hmm. earthquake, you know, busy and steep. And so our waterways on the coast have tons of sediment and sediment has got rocks and silt and sand and all kinds of stuff in it. Well, the thing is we need that because that's what replenishes our beaches. But in the golden age of building dams, we dammed all our rivers. The thing that I didn't, you know, there's a there's a movie out right now by Patagonia called Dam Nation about America and about which you know, we watched, which we watched, which shows you that we it. have seventy six thousand five hundred big dams. But people, the unbelievable thing is that we have two million small dams. They're obviously easier to get out, but a small dam only their lifespan is between twenty five to forty years. Well, in that you would put this dam that you went to do your cleanup. Ringe, ringe dam. It's yeah. a small dam, but when you talk mm. about small... No, it's considered one of the big ones. Okay, yeah, because I thought it looked big. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, 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 it's big. It'd be, the, on the face of it, it'd be 80 feet tall. It's, it's over 100. It's over, over 100, 100 feet tall. tall. And then the back side of it, when you look at it, like when you look at the back of Hoover Dam, it's all water on the back. But this dam is two-thirds, three-quarters of the back side of the dam, where, the, where should be water, is actually dirt. It's filled up with sediment to the top, to where the water now is just... It, the reservoir is actually just a thin wedge and the water is spilling over the top of the dam. Yeah, there's no more reservoir anymore. The reservoir is filled with silt. It's got 800,000 to 1,600,000, so either 800,000 or twice that much cubic yards of sediment sitting in it. And so it's rendered completely defunct, useless, you know, obsolete. And that happened in less than 30 years of operational business. So, mm. or operating and what, what we want is for that silt to be making its way to the ocean to replenish our beaches yeah. or in the case of uh, Louisiana to to be creating uh, wetlands down there which protects cities like New Orleans upriver from yeah from hurricanes well swell. Louisiana is losing a football size field chunk of coastline every hour and which is devastating and that's why things like Hurricane Katrina was so bad because the Wetlands Act is a buffer you know all the bayous and the wetlands and mangrove swamps everything that you have on the coast is a buffer as these storms come in you take those out and the storms are way way worse and then in california what happened is once we dammed all the um the watersheds that drain into the ocean we cut the sand deposition in southern california by half so the crazy thing is 
is, you know, Southern California is all about beaches and tourism, lovely, lovely beaches, and all our beaches are completely sand-starved, and there are all these stories right now about the residents up in Broad Beach, you know, who want to bring in 60,000 lorry loads of sand. They want to wreck Dockweiler for the poor people and take all the sand up there where they're rich, and they all drive around with, you know, in their Priuses with dolphin bumper stickers, and yet they want to do this incredibly awful thing for the climate well, and to, for the planet to, to, to well, steal to, someone else's sand. And not only that, to fill up trucks and use fossil fuels yeah, for yeah, all yeah, sand yeah, to yeah, another yeah, beach. Yeah. When the Pacific Ocean, which is very big, this has been covered before, not only in my act, but by many other people, the Pacific Ocean is really big and it's working to put the sand where it wants it. And so you can take that sand up to your beach but there's no guarantee that it's going to stay there. Well, no, no, no. The thing is, it won't stay there. So it only, you know, so that sort of is a is a temporary thing. I mean, what they're now talking about, you know, what sort of geologists and scientists who fly over there and over Nantucket, where there are all these really rich, you know, um, you know, where people live. I mean, they want they've got these beautiful homes. There's millions of dollars on them. They want to keep them. But what they're saying is that actually, what's going to have have to happen, and what we should be doing, is this thing called a managed retreat where we need to be getting away from the coastline because the fact is is you know sea level is going to rise and if you go if you've ever been to the Malibu colony those residents have put enormous rocks out in front of their houses well the if you put rocks on sand you just make the sand erode faster I the mean, sand erodes underneath and the rocks yeah, 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 sink the, down yeah it just washes around the the water washes around the rocks and pulls out even more of what's underneath it and so bye bye sand mm -hmm. um but yeah, there was a there's articles everywhere about you know what a Malibuite's going to do about their houses and where are they going to get their sand and there was a big article in the Vanity Fair about it and you know they're always. But I mean, we put out a big bar out here to make our beach as big as as it is. You know, Santa Monica Beach didn't used to be so incredibly wide. It just used to be a thin ribbon of a beach going up the coast. Well, I remember years ago they were dumping. That's what they were doing bar. with their um, recycled toilets when you. When you bought a new low-flow flush toilet, the, the idea of the project was that they were going to be taking the old toilets after you bought your new low-flush toilet, and they were going to create a, a kind of a, a, wall. a reef wall thing out there with the old toilet. Was toilets. that here in Santa Monica? Yeah, I don't know if that actually happened, but I remember that as an idea of a thing, of a concept thing. I thought it was going to happen, but that's, you know, you're a younger person, you believe everything Look up um, car tires, because they did a... Car did, tire what? Yeah, car tire reef. They did a reef somewhere I think off the coast of Florida with car tires well of course it's just a great big toxic cesspit because what fish wants to well, and, and what marine creature or you know microorganism wants to go live on a horrible tire, tire tire reef proves a disaster off Florida yeah. proves to be a disaster yeah. okay. one of our great ideas like oh well, yeah let's take our horrible old tires and toss them in the ocean wait till you see the picture of it because it's really revolting. oh my god oh well they're terrible well salt water can devour anything and you put tires. Well, I mean, the other problem is you get these tires in piles somewhere and then they catch on fire. A mile offshore from Fort Lauderdale um, and the city's high-rise condos lie as many as two million old tires strewn across the ocean floor. Yeah, see? Yeah. Isn't it? And, they, and they're, uh, they're so full of pollu pollutants. They were, they're put there in 1972. Well... The thing is, you think they're underwater and so they're going to have water circulating around them, but things in water are heavier than other things in water, just like in air, these tires fill up with... If you put a bunch of tires in your backyard, they're going to fill up with rainwater and be a place where mosquitoes can breathe because, you know, things settle down yes. into these Yellow cracks fever, and crannies. Hello. And so a little sea life is formed Dang on me. the tires. Some of the tires 
were bundled together with nylon and steel and broken loose and are scouring the ocean floor across a swath the size of 31 football fields. It's always football fields. That's how we... Um, that's how you in America, yeah. yes, see the world. It's sort of ridiculous. That's but your, they were that's put your there frame of reference. 1972, tires are washing up on beaches, thousands of wedged up against nearby neutral reef, blocking coral growth and devastating marine life. Really you get good those idea. tires the fuck out of the ocean. Well, getting them out is a lot harder than getting them in. I think that's we've all learned that the hard way. Yeah. You know, well, there's a you know, undoing it is often harder than doing it, especially. And that's the oh, funny thing about these dams. Up, you look know, up you this think, guy. Well, look up this. Where I've got the picture of him with the the man-made reef that he made out of out of these statues. This is in Cancun. This is a beautiful eco project. Um, so I need to look it up on my computer first, and I can tell you what it is. So they've got they've the governor's proposed a budget including two million dollars to help gather up and remove the tires, but that's just to help do it. They don't even know how much it's going to cost to actually do the whole thing. As I'm skimming down this article, it's a lot of tires. Oh God! Most states have stopped using tires to create reefs, but they continue to wash up worldwide. In 2005, volunteers for the Ocean Conservancy's annual international coastal cleanup removed more than 11,000 tires. Hmm. we got to figure out something to do with our tires. That's what I think. You know, you can build a house. There's these houses in Arizona that are built out of old tires that I cut in an article about how to do that um, years ago because I thought that might be a, a cool thing. So what are you looking up over there, honey? I'm going to look up this thing that you can tell people to look up because this is a really beautiful, creative, man-made reef that's actually working because they what they did was they, they he replicated the pH of coral so that this thing would you know work as an artificial reef and it's it's really beautiful. It's on my um, uh, personal blog, but I'm going to look it up and I'm going to tell you what it is. Okay, well... Do I just sound like a weird voice in the background? Well, you sound a little like a weird voice in the background, and the fact is, I was, I was hoping that we'd be—I was hoping that we'd be able to uh, really keep talking on the podcast about things that we were talking about. But I know I started it. I started going on the internet to try and look for things that you were wanting to talk about, but uh, but that might have been a mistake. So, do you want to come back over here, or do you want to? Are you looking up your man-made reef to be able to tell me about it? Is that the one with the beautiful statues underwater? Yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. So I'm gonna because because I think people should look it up because I think they would really. Well, the idea, of the tire thing, I think, was that we're gonna be using this waste product to make something good, and the thing that you're talking about is, well, no, we're making new construction of something. Okay, so this is it's called Please Swim Near the Art, and it's off Cancun, Mexico, mm -hmm. thirty feet below the surface of Azure Water. The creation of this guy, Jason DeCares Taylor, and he did this underwater gallery, and they're life-size sculptures made of cement that is pH balanced to encourage the growth of coral, thus creating artificial reefs in an ever-changing exhibit worthy of its name. So it's. Really so what do you Google again? You do, you Google. Uh, please swim near the near our art. Yeah, please swim near the art. Yeah, that's and good. Yeah, in a, the On Earth magazine. And if you do that, you'll see a really unbelievable version of a man-made, an artificial reef. And what his idea is to get everyone to go over and swim on and snorkel around this reef and look at all the marine life. So the actual reef over there, which is completely 
you know, being trashed by having so many tourists swim around, you know, snorkel around it, it will have time to recover while you're over here looking at this, all the marine life that are now over on the concrete mm-hmm. men's and ladies and things that he's created. Right, because they're harder to wreck than the... Well, well, well all, the, all the, you know, the, marine, the algae and all the... They've all gone over, they're all growing on there like they would on a reef. So it, it mm-hmm. is, to, to all intents and purposes, a reef and all the fish are over there. And then it gives the actual reef, because, you know, we've trashed already, you know, so, you know, most of the ocean's reefs. We don't, but anyway, let's talk about something happier than, you know, environmental. All right, what would you like to talk about? Halloween's coming up. Oh, my God. I don't think we're going to wait in our... <laughs> We've got two weeks to go till Halloween, and we're at th- our ten-year-old is at fever pitch. She is so excited about her outfit. We got a bit more of it yesterday. She said, "I didn't know I'd better get something so cool at St. Matthew's." We went to the second-hand store, but it looks a little like a, a kind of a um, corsety bustier, like a burlesque can-can. It's like a hooker outfit for a ten-year-old. But luckily, <laughs> yes, it's going so great. Over t- That's I didn't want to say that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you can. But it's going over top of a dress. And she's going to have black feathered wings, which we got at the Halloween store. That was the one mm-hmm. thing we were allowed to get. Oh, and a black and green and purple wig. And then everything else had to be secondhand or made. And because um, that's how we run it here. But the wings, of course, you know, they cost $26. They look amazing. And then the strap falls off the second time you wear them. So we're going to have Wait, to and what is she supposed to be, our kid, for Halloween? Well, I don't know, Angel Hooker of De- Hooker Angel of Death. No, I'm kidding. She's, well, she's made it up. It's not a uh... yeah. She's making it up, and, and we're not really supposed to know. And she hasn't really come up with the final what it's going to be because, um, you know, it's going to be top secret. She's unbelievably excited, and you know, she's really going all out. I mean, she sort of does always go fairly intense. She did Victoria once from um, what was it called? The Corpse Bride, the Tim Burton animated thing. And Victoria's quite a weird look because. You know, but she did a very white makeup, and we did this brown wig sort of back in a bun, and the brown wig kept on sort of going back, so she kept on looking. She had a really wild, sort of huge forehead and sort of receding hairline. This is like daughter, Queen Elizabeth. I mean, but we did an the white dress was pretty great, and we did really tight white long sleeves, and we turned a dress actually into the long skirt, the one that she used for Sandra D when you and she went as bloody. Olivia News and John and John from Greece. That was and a I good, went, who that was, was a I? Good year. And I went as the, you know, the, yeah, what's her name? You know, what's that actress who played the third? Rezzo Rizzo. Yeah, yeah. Rezzo Rizzo. I went as her. Um, and this is the worst Halloween costume. When I Googled worst Halloween oh, costume, it's, it's the Ebola. Hey, did you hear the guy? The, uh, there's a website called Ebola.com. And when the guy bought it several years ago, he paid 11000 Five hundred dollars or something for it, and now it's on the market for over one hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Yeah, I mean it's that's bad, people. I'm saying it as if it's funny, but it's you know it's a bad thing that human beings are doing. There, you know. Oh, that's. That. Well, this is worst Halloween costumes. Who's that guy in the yellow wig? He looks really. Ex- I don't know. Well, he's just a goofy dude. I yeah. mean, this is this is. Have a, you worked out what you're going to be yet? No, I still have to figure out what I'm going to be. I'm going to be Ninja M. Which is a ninja and also version M from of James M from Bond. Mission Impossible, James Bond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of going to be think. Um, what's her name? Judy Dench. I've got a really good. That guy's nude with a banana where his penis goes. No, he's got a gold lame suit on. That's a pretty spooky one right there. 
Um, but you can't oh, see that's these really... listeners. Oh, these are some. Yeah, <laughs> you person dressed go like to images course. and look up worst Halloween costumes yeah, ever. Yeah, it's a good they're... idea. It's a good way to spend a couple of minutes. What's that? Is it a baby with a hot dog in its heart? Ooh, I think it's a baby weird. with a <gasps> pole sticking out. Oh my god, <laughs> that is terrible. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, you shouldn't. Don't send your baby to Halloween as a you know a live corpse with blood all over it. So you're gonna. No, really it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea, I suppose, unless you're unless you're a super cool. Um, parent who's going to start a really weird tradition of, um, of Halloween costumes. Well, that's nice. Um, so, <laughs> oh God! Somebody in the bits, a dude dressed up like a lady, lifeguard with Baywatch, a blonde wig in, in the Baywatch, Baywatch and then he's got a really he's big merkin coming out, the, coming 70s, out seventies seventies bush hanging out of the bottom of his uh, one piece lifeguard swimsuit. That's a good idea. Um, 70s bushes are back in. This is, this one, <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> this one's a guy coming out of, of, of being born out of a vagina with it's a lady's a, legs. It's, it's, That's it's quite a lady's funny. legs and then the, the head the, of the guy the, and then the guy's the head is sticking through the... <laughs> Sticking through the vulva. Yeah, that's nice. It's <laughs> pretty funny. Okay, we have to stop doing this because yeah, they can't, can't see. No it. one it's can mean. see these. It's this not is a good. It's people. mean. It is this mean. Is, wow, we shouldn't be mean. doing this to you. But I don't Jake's know. Nice listeners. What am I gonna? What am I gonna dress up as for Halloween? I don't know. Well, aren't you a cross between Chuck Norris and who was the other guy from um, <sighs> Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights? Yeah, Chuck. Chuck Taylor, Chuck Norris, and Coach Taylor. Chuck Taylor, <laughs> you can't. That's a. That's actually a guy. That's Chuck Norris. He looks good. Um, so yeah, some combination between those two things. Chuck Chuck Norris and Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. I, we've been watching Friday Night Lights, and I feel like Coach Taylor is a real. Just the way he deals with the world, he's kind of takes it in slow, but he's not afraid. He's not afraid to get serious. No, and he's your kind of guy because he's really sort of straight up, and he's really about honesty and integrity and honor, and you know. I am about honesty, and integrity, <laughs> and honor, aren't I? But I'm not. <laughs> yeah, when you. No, but you like those are things as a Midwesterner that you. I notice you sort of you know you value. You like people to be honest. You like them. Yeah, well, know. I'm not a. I'm a little more bendy than you are. Do you think so? I feel like you're an honest person. Oh no, no, I'm definitely. <laughs> From New Zealand, you know, yeah, you yeah, yeah. In line Jake's touching my arm, like, please tell me you're honest. No, no, I am honest, but I'm a little more of a rule breaker than you are. Are you? I'm a, a little kind of more defiant. What's one of the outlaw things that you're doing right now? Oh God, I'm so good these days. It's my outlaw days are really kind of over. Yeah, yeah. But I do push it as much as I can. I don't like to be, you know. It's know. almost time for you to call up and see if you can get us free. HBO again from the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that. that's one of your yeah like the strong arm those guys into giving so I started a conversation with the you know the service representative at where was it Verizon mm-hmm. and he's you know how can I help you and I said well I'd like to get free HBO and he said oh no no you can't get free HBO because you know you have to pay for it and that's one of our premium channels and at the end of our half hour conversation he said would you like to have free HBO for a year I was like well yes I would thank you very much. Yeah, you wore him down. That's the thing is you wore him down. With my charm. Yes, I, I mean, did. it was after. <laughs> I know, it wasn't, it wasn't, you didn't use brute force, I know that. No. <laughs> I don't know if charm is the word that I would use, but, uh, you know, you're just kind of dogged and relentless. No, no, because I didn't bring up, I did not bring up the HBO thing throughout the, inter- did I? I don't think I did. I think I only brought it up once. He told me it was an absolute no-go. I took no for an answer. And then at the end of the conversation, when he really liked me, he then said, would you like to free HBO for a year? And to which I acted completely surprised. I was like, oh, 
That would be lovely, thanks. Well, the funny thing is, is they give such a good deal to the new customers, but then here, you're, we're loyal customers of theirs for several years now, and they keep jacking our rates. We're and not we exactly see, loyal. We sort of hate them, but we stay with them because we well, have to, well, which I makes loyal. us loyal. I mean, we, yeah, we haven't lift, left them. I mean... We, just because we've... It's, I'm it's not like when you're in a bad me. relationship. We haven't cheating. got anywhere better to go. <laughs> well, not, we do. We could go to... We could go to cable TV or we could get reactivate that dish on top of the house. Oh, no, it's I'm a kidding. hassle. You got to deal with another dude coming over and explaining your situation to him. It's it's not easy. No, I prefer, let's do that when we go to live on Mars. We're not going to Mars. Panula wants, oh, what is that? Oh, that's This is the thing that, this is, they had this, at, they were discussing this at school, the Elon Musk, you know, 80,000 people. Right now, yeah, Elon Musk, an inventor and businessman, is in charge of a long trip through space founded a company to build spacecraft. He plans on using those spacecraft to bring 80,000 people to Mars. We didn't believe in when it. When she said 80,000 people, like, nah, that's like, nah, he didn't know what really? talking about. He's going to take the Rose Bowl to Mars? But, uh, yeah, I, who wants to go to Mars? Well, I the know. thing is, it's impossible to breathe on Mars, so that's going to be slightly prob- problematic. You can't walk around on Mars without a spaceship. They actually, this is quite this funny. This is what Elon Musk looks this. like. Um, he looks like a real winner. You know, he looks like he looks like um, Julian Simon. Julian Simon's replacement is that guy, Born Lomborg, who's always telling us that you know climate change isn't that big a deal and the poor people in the world will be fine. Uh-huh. I don't believe him. I think Julian Simon and Born Lomborg are evil Prometheans. Well, I'm not sure who they are. Yeah, they're people. A kind of different living. He's a South African-born Canadian. What? Exactly. He's completely, completely suspect. He's like Julian Assange. South African. He's South African-born he actually... Canadian-American business magnate. <laughs> you do. He looks a little bit like. He looks mm. a little bit like that guy who just shot his girlfriend in the bathroom. The South African guy. No, he's he, not that. He maybe he looks, looks a little like bit him. like him. What's Oscar Pereiras's? Oscar Pistorius. He that founded guy. SpaceX, not Oscar Pistorius, but Elon Musk founded SpaceX and. Uh, he's the architect of Tesla Motors. SpaceX, not space sex people. SpaceX, yeah. Yeah. PayPal. He, yeah. Is PayPal his? Is PayPal his? Yeah, he's an early inv- oh an early investor in PayPal. Yeah. Anyway, Tesla he's, Motors. He's risk. He's rich. He's he's forty three years old though, so he's just. Uh, Is he married? Maybe I should. Um, yeah, this would, I would get a divorce <laughs> from you if you could. Justine Musk married. Oh no, they're divorced. So you could seduce... Has he got a new one? He's got five kids already. Sons. Well, he's rich. This so is, he look, this signature. We could start forging his signature. He doesn't, you know, I doubt <laughs> it. We'd have to get a hold of some of his checks. And really, that's dicey business. Yeah, um, we're into bigger kind of... Yeah, yeah I don't think there. I don't think this In is... In the world, not us, not Jake and I. We don't, <laughs> we don't have our home counterfeiting... You know, this is, a, this is not a good on. time for us to start forging checks. A good point in our life. But it, it is a great idea that if... I, we could get a divorce and you could see if you could marry Elon Musk. Well, I don't think we need to get a divorce. No, no, Why not... don't you see if you can marry him? And then if it turns out he proposes to you, I will divorce you. You can get married to him. You stay married to him for however long you have to to get the... Half the dough. Half the dough. Or even Maybe, just some kind of stuff. Hopefully it's less than 10 years. We don't really need half of his dough. We just Canada. need about 10 million bucks. So you do what you have to do to get To get that. $10 million. Well, then... hopefully that would be... <laughs> Remember the Demi Moore Robert Redford movie, and it's one night for a million dollars. Woody is Woody Harrelson's husband. I don't. Think, I never saw that movie. Didn't go well. <laughs> Didn't either. What are you adjusting your boobs now while we're talking? 
<laughs> You're getting just ready. Me. Just talking I mean, about yeah. Elon hey, Musk. Hey, they are Elon. <laughs> just talking about it. It's got you all uh, out of out of adjustment. Do you remember when I was with Fanula was a baby and we were up in bed? Oh, maybe this is too personal. To you don't want to reminisce about things like that. Anyway, I don't. <laughs> let's get back to going to Mars. It was, a, it was when you were mentioning. Cheney and Rumsfeld, remember? Oh. No, but don't. You don't want me to tell that? Okay. No, no, it's a little, um, yeah, we could tell close personal yeah, friends, but not just it, when, anybody. When I see you at the show in Macomb, Illinois, or elsewhere, <laughs> you can uh, talk to me about, uh, about that. Yeah, this airplane. It sounded like it was flying right through this room. Um, I don't think I want to go to Mars, you uh, know? Oh, God, I don't. That's a one-way ticket to... It's really better if you face the mic as opposed to facing <laughs> away from it, if you don't mind. Um, so, if you go to Mars, how many life forms will you bring with you? Giving your armpits a sniff to see how the day's. <laughs> it's early in the day. You might have to take a shower. Oh, I'm not going to go on the podcast again with you if you sort of tell them every little thing that I'm doing. Well, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, right. I guess you're right. <laughs> it is. It is. I feel like it's important. There's, there may be some young ladies listening to the show, and they may feel like, look, sometimes I need to adjust my bosoms, and I wonder if any older ladies do that, or if that's just, am I a weirdo because I need to adjust my bosoms? And I'm saying, I'm helping them to realize, no, plenty of sophisticated ladies who are, I don't want to say old, older, but you're, you're mature. You're, not a, you're no longer a 20-something. And uh, sometimes... Well, that's the great thing time, about getting older. You know that you can do what you want most of the time. You don't have to be worried about what other people think. Well, if you have enough money, you can do what you want. But that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about just scratching and burping and whatnot. Is, isn't that what you're talking about? Yeah, I'm your exotic pet. Chewing okay. with your mouth open. I don't do that. I don't no, smack I know my you. lips. I know you don't. I was brought up right. You were down in New Zealand where everybody's getting raped and murdered in the streets. Only in Hamilton. So that's not a good place to move until they pass that. You have to wear your Dungeon Dragons outfit when you go out of the house. Yeah. Well, um, this has been a, a great talk. I feel like you did a terrific job. I'm I'm sorry that you feel a little bit uh, disappointed now as you're about to as you're about to leave the show. Could you sit up a little bit so that people can hear you now as you close out? This as I sign off. Yeah. Yeah. Go take a shower. <laughs> I feel like it's a little warm. I'm going to go get on a plane and I'm kind of sweaty right now, but that's okay, you know. Yeah, you'll be sweaty when you get to the other yeah. end. You'll really need a shower then. I've been upgraded to first class. I'm flying to St. Louis and then I'm driving oh, the two well, hours or whatever to Macomb. I'm glad you'll be... God, I've been reading all those things about how first class is just getting bigger and bigger until you've got you and your three-room apartment and coach is just getting smaller and smaller and smaller till you know, you're practically... There's a new thing that I read about the other day. I was reading the BBC... And there's one of these cheap airlines that's got this, it's like a bicycle seat and people in coach are just going to be sort of leaning on a bicycle seat, you know, somehow obviously strapped in so it's safe. I mean, that's how stingy they're getting as they make first class bigger. If you don't think inequality is real and is happening and you should social be out. Social inequality. Yeah, yeah, social and economic inequality isn't real and something you should be outraged about people. It is. Get outraged. And what they did in Georgian times was they were so angry at all the toffs, all the aristocrats, you know, Lord and Lady Bosch, that they waited them for them to come outside of the houses and they threw dead cats and dogs at them. But now, I'm not advocating that you start doing that, but I'm advocating wise up to the fact that there are a lot of people out there who are too rich 
And there are a lot of people out there who aren't who don't well, have enough money, and it's wrong. Try this on for size, Jerry. Okay. There are a lot of people who can't even afford to fly on an airplane. <laughs> yeah. Mean, well, you're complaining yeah. about the difference between coach and first oh, class, but the problem is there's so many people who can't even fly on an airplane. But if you're going to throw a, a dead animal at a rich person, please not Elon Musk, because my wife might be nearby. <laughs> Yeah, I might be lurking in the bushes. And Elon Musk, if you're listening, uh, shoot me an email, Jake at jakethis.com. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, yeah, and you can and anything you want to say to me, you can you know tell Jake and he'll tell me. So thank How you. How about that? Yes, thank you so much for listening. Hey, Belinda, Jerry, as I call you, as we call each other, Jerry, Jerry, could you tell the listeners where they could read your latest uh, Huffington Post blog about these dams? Okay, so if you go to the Huffington Post and you look up, um, I'm calling it Coalition of the Willing Cleaning Up a Damn Mess, but you can just look up my name, Belinda Weymouth, and that's W-A-Y-M-O-U-T-H, and it's in the Huffington Post, Post green section, and then you can read my other Huffington Post stories too. It's way, as in way cool, and mouth. As in everybody's got one. <laughs> I hope so. If you don't have a mouth, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm yeah. so sorry. sorry. We're so sorry. We're both so, so sorry. How, yeah. Okay. You great. Love you. See you, Jerry. Have a Thanks. great flight. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, safe and happy travels.